Talking rugby, telling stories, rugby picker. Welcome to Rugby Pick'em. Who cares? Who knows? Why bother? Welcome back to Rugby Pick'em. I'm BT with Tommy No Picks. Hi, how you doing? Tommy, we just decided we'd do it right today. We got the dual screens up. Yeah. We invited the boys over. I made chili, or my best attempt at chili. (laughs) Yay, it was good. Served it over rice with chips. A little bit of rice. It was. Was it more of a chili or was it more of a uh... a beef broth? Mm. Either way, we had nothing but MLR all day. There was six nations earlier in the day, but the the main attraction was MLR, and we started out with Rooney San Diego. Yeah, field out in what I'm guessing is Sam Boyd Stadium field. It was. It was definitely that. I recognize the fence. It was high scoring. Defense might be dead in the MLR. Almost every game had 70 points put up. Yeah, if you were betting the overs, you were winning money this weekend. It was good. But what impressed me with New York was they got back to basics. Set piece, driving mall. They got multiple scores off the driving mall. But it was windy, and Matt McCarthy, rugby media goat, did the call via what I'm guessing is like Zoom. Like, it's very hard to do a call when you're not on location, so I was impressed. Yeah. It was kind of sad to see them playing behind closed doors, but hey, you got to do what needs to be done to get your games in. Right. So props to the San Diego ownership. Absolutely. Also, just like, what a match. I mean, until the 76th minute, it seemed like that it was, like, tied, right? I, there must have been, like, five lead changes. Mm-hmm. It definitely went back and forth a couple times, and... Give Rooney credit. They're going to get a win on the road. Massive, huge, especially when they're coming into a lot of home games at the tail end of the season. So even though it's an out-of-conference game, you know there was beef with the semifinal in 2019. You know they wanted this game. Any of these Northeast teams, don't count them out until week four if they're on a losing streak. Yeah, no. Props to Rooney. They get the win on the road. And Honko Hermeses all over the field, definitely yeah. getting his work rate up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Game number two, Tommy. Giltinis versus the Free Jacks in the historic L.A. Coliseum. This ended up being probably the biggest, most high-scoring game and biggest blowout of the week. But, boy, was it exciting. Three yellow cards in the first half. That's right. And there was a red card. That was that match, right? There was a red card as well in the, in he, the match. He kicked him in the he face. He kicked him right in the face. The the number nine. Who? John Poland. Yeah, the number nine. He took for, a, a, sw- a swipe at it with oh, his boot. You hate when that happens. Even if it's in like at practice, someone's kicking the ball, you're reaching down to pick it up, so they kick you in the hand. No one's doing it on purpose, Tommy. Yeah, but uh, you know what? It's just kind of those things... A lot of the times you're getting kicked and it just sucks. You're right. You're absolutely it's right. Just one no of those one wants things. to get kicked right in the head. But at the same time, I don't feel like it was very intentional. Derek Summers, hey, he had a bit of a roller coaster of a game. Because, Tommy, anytime you're dishing out three yellows and a red, I'd say you're having issues with game management. But, you know, he yeah. got to the 80 minutes and he made it happen. A couple skirmishes. <laughs> I love collar grabbing. You know yeah. that. Yeah. You gotta say you gotta say something with your fists, but <laughs> you can't throw punches, so you just grab someone's collar. Say it with your chest, 
great uh, debut for the Giltinis, but don't rule out New England yet. Like we were talking about, they got a lot of home matches coming up at the end of the season. So. Not to mention every time the Giltinis struck, New England struck back. Yeah. And they were able to keep it a game until probably the 60th minute. But they always answer back, at least early on in the first half. Bowden Walker did his thing, converted a couple silky two-pointers from the sideline. So yeah, the final score was a bit of a stretch, but at the same time, don't count out the Free Jacks. <laughs> but Giltini's definitely impressive. They were clinical in their hands, and our dear friend Logan Collins was most impressed with Billy Meeks. Uh, he goes by William Meeks. He doesn't actually. He goes by Billy Meeks. But <laughs> on the lineup, it was W. Meeks, Thomas. That's so right. I like yeah. that, yeah. William. William Meeks. We're going to call him William Meeks this year. William had a great game. He was really electric, and he, like, attacks the line and freezes people and then skips it out to finishers like Ashley Cooper and Van Der Merman, who had two early tries. They were off to the races, the Giltinis. Yeah. Honestly, Giltinis look scary. And it's hard to tell. It's so early in the season. Are they just that good, or is New England not up to up to par. Up to par. With, we'll see. We'll see. Tommy, who was our sideline reporter for this game? And if I can refresh your memory, his man bun was flowing <laughs> all over the LA Coliseum. <laughs> Todd Clever, of course. Oh my God. Honestly, I'm here doing the sideline reporting. We gotta like that's that's a huge part of this. Todd Clever was good in the <clears throat> spot that I heard him do, and I think he does have a nice little personality for media. He's yep. very like likable. We'll Everybody see. wants to hang out and talk with Todd. Yeah. Ever since uh, everyone saw him at Sam Boyd in the Speedo Speedo <laughs> Sevens, they want to hear more from Todd. Either way, the Guild teams were very impressive at the lineout. They didn't fuck around. They got straight. They got their jumper up within seconds, and the Free Jacks kind of played more of a analytical game, and multiple times Derek Summers is yelling at them to like get in and show numbers. So definitely outclassed, uh, but the Free Jacks didn't quit. So, Tommy, we'll see about next week's matchups, but definitely impressed by Gilchrist's group. Gilchrist's group. Gilchrist's, gr- Gilchrist's groups. <laughs> game three. Speaking of Gilchrist groups. Gilchrist's groups. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. It was the Austin Gilgronies hosting the Utah Warriors. Yeah. I picked yeah. Austin. I was very confident in Austin. I also picked Austin. I Utah turned the tables and won this game. Yeah. On the road. That makes Rooney and Utah the only two teams to win on the road, which is huge early in the season. Tell me, what did you love about this match? And we'll get to sideline reporter Steve Knox. <laughs> oh my, well. Who's a skip ballast? What did I like? love about this match? The finish and Steve Knox and honestly just overall play. Yeah, another 60-pointer. Utah was up for a while and, and the Gilgronis kind of clawed their way back, but just like a few meters short at the end. It came down to the final whistle and let us welcome in our favorite co-host, Uncle Johnny. Is the Gilgroni kind of like those little golem characters that claw their way back uh, to the... Uh, the ring? So to speak. Yeah. Um, the well, ring is the shield. You need to rewatch Lord of the Rings. <laughs> But that's what I saw. Yeah, they never quit. Utah maintained a two-score lead throughout, but right at the end, the Gilgronies just kept on clawing back like Gollum and his precious. <laughs> Johnny, what did you like about this game? And we'll get to sideline reporter Steve Knox. Oh, besides uh, seeing all their names fall off the backs of their jerseys. Oh, my God. 
Oh, no, so it's all good. Awful. Honestly, even if they didn't have those names on the back, I just, something about that burnt orange just like rubs me the wrong way. Sorry, John. Hugh Roach, I loved. Oh my god, that guy is a fire hydrant. <laughs> Austin stayed competitive. They had a shot at the end. Johnny, they set up to take the lead from 50. And they actually at the time had not only Will McGee, but Kurt Marath on the field. But who took the, the kick from T? Number Johnny? 12. Oh, yeah. It's very short run up he had, eh? Johnny, why was Utah just fiery today? Was it the Mikey Teo factor? I think it was because um, Joseph Smith loves the spring equinox. <laughs> oh, happy first day of spring. Goodness. Johnny made a Mormon reference during the game right after a try, and then I asked him, I go, Joseph Smith, is that the guy who scored? <laughs> I didn't get it. But I said John way. Smith, but like Joseph Smith, his brother, not yeah. a lot of people talk about him. Yeah, he's arguably the first. Either way, they played hard-nosed uh, Mormon rugby. Alex Tucci had the final strip to win the game. He's playing strong. Teo was a beast. Uh, still got it. Alex Tucci, CSU Ram. Give any Colorado rugby player a shout-out. Esteban Crisman with Sean Love at the crib <laughs> for, for Tucci. Yeah. It was a fun night, Tommy. We had the boys over. Again, we made chili. That's key. Yeah. When you're having beers, you need something to backfill. And the chili Rice through. and beans never fails. Tommy, one thing I loved about this weekend was the Rugby Network tried something similar to NFL Red Zone where they wanted to dominate that one time zone. Uh, yeah. Starting at 4 Eastern, straight to 8 o'clock, they had games straight through. And we were hopping between two screens. I was like a DJ. I love it. You're going to want just like to dominate the airwaves in that one time period. So... <laughs> Utah Warriors upset the Gilgronies on the road. Toronto Arrows at Rugby ATL. Is it at, though? Is it, Is at? it, the, it was the battle of the home field. I mean, my Don't brain at me, froze. bro. <laughs> Don't <laughs> at me, bro. My brain froze because... Don't yes, ATL me, bro. They are not technically on the road, but they are. <laughs> Who scrapes this game out? It was back and forth. It never got more than a one-score game. It was a very... Of all the games where everyone scored a ton of points, this was the defensive game. Right. Yeah, it was super physical and... Super contested, but uh, surprisingly to me, maybe I shouldn't be surprised, Atlanta came out on top, eh? Atlanta mustered up the scores when they needed it, yeah. and I believe it was Ross Deacon with a huge poach at the end of the game on his own goal line. Toronto Arrows just couldn't click, couldn't uh, gel in the second half. Honestly, uh, huge Connor Cook guy over here. Uh, uh, yeah, he they... was in the mix today. He was just doing all the dirty work for Atlanta. Atlanta might have the highest dreads ratio of any sporting team well, in the history of sports. They got most of the first team all hair on their <laughs> on their team. It's I good. love it. I love to see it. And yeah. Connor Cook, another shout out because we were hanging out playing touch with him a few That's couple, right. couple like three couple few ago. months ago. Yeah. <laughs> a couple months month ago. ago? Mm-hmm. Boom, end up in Atlanta. And to get the starting uh six jersey and play well, you love to see it. You yeah. love to see it. To see Connor Cook go out and dominate a game and get over the ball and force turnovers is fucking awesome, Tommy. Yeah, that was great. Harpo was boots on the ground. I was just about to say. We got a confirmation had... email that he's alive. Boots Man. on the ground. We'll be waiting for his email update well, from Boots he on the sent ground. pictures of all his Charlotte guys. So, Tommy, I think maybe he was listening to your rugby ATL 
yeah. uh, season intro That's where right. you said this ha- they have a core of Charlotte RFC. Guys. Any any Southeast uh, Charlotte Rugby Club is historic. If you're one of those Charlotte RFC guys, you should call the number. It's 720-259-8825. You gotta forgive me. I haven't done the number in, a, in quite a few episodes. So don't worry about it. Seven two zero two five nine tuck. Game four was the Houston SaberCats putting their claws in the dirt and defending their home turf against the Shield holders, the Seattle Seawolves. Yeah. Tommy, this was our mute game because we had Tucci and the Warriors on the other screen. Yeah, that's right. Uh, side note, I thought, until I recognized one of the players on Seattle, uh, I thought I was watching Houston because I'm colorblind. So oh, okay. I thought their green jerseys were, their lime green jerseys were yellow and I was watching Houston. And then you thought Seattle was wearing And I was darks. like, wait a minute, why is, why is Eric Deschelles playing for Houston, I was like, oh, it's just the color thing. <laughs> he, I, he came off the bench for the Seawolves, but honestly, it was Houston's offense right out the gate. Um, they just took it to the line and played hard, and Tommy Taylor Howden had one of the sexiest passes I've ever seen. Oh, my God. Houston made a turnover. They went quick hands. Taylor put a freaking moon rocket Left over handed, the top. Right to uh, the 15. Right to the 15. I'd be that's Score in the Matthias Freer. And, yeah, he yeah. finished. Johnny, Houston held on in the end because they had that one-score lead, but it's you got to be fired up for the Sabercats. Hashtag Go Cats Go for getting a home win. Sabercats, ho! Oh, <laughs> dude, nice. you love to see the underdog come through. And, like, who's the underdog really? No but, one knows. Uh, it's week one. But you got to think Seattle came in thinking they were – pretty in strong position and and houston played really well i love to see it they're frisky we didn't get much for sideline interviews as i recall damn power on the call yeah class strong. straight class as far as a mute game goes and trust me i mean we we threw the volume over there once or twice it wasn't our permanent mute game but Gilgroni's utah was trading off scores like crazy seattle had moments where they had the seawall like they came up and freaking through bows and that that loose that Lucy pack between Duratalo, Rico Tadding. Yeah, it's crazy. Seattle has to feel freaking gutted, man. They cannot lose a game like that. No, yeah, and it was no seawall. I don't care what anyone says. The, the defense. There, there were so many points put up this weekend. It's been points galore. Yeah. Pick them. Skirmishes. Say it with your chest. Massive, huge. He kicked him in the he face. He kicked him right in the face. It's like what a match. Starting uh, six jersey and play well. You love to see it. You love to see it. You know. You know. You know. 
Yeah, he I was in the mix today. Connor Cook, another shout out. Uh, he goes by William Meeks. He doesn't actually, he goes by Billy Meeks, but <laughs> on the lineup it was W Meeks Thomas. That's so right. I like yeah. that. Yeah. William. William Meeks. We're gonna call him William Meeks this year. Sideline reporter. Jillian Lopez. She was for... She did the she game. Was in Las Vegas. Rooney, Las Vegas, with absolutely no crowd. So, Johnny, as far as checking in with the fan base to let them know the palpable energy in the stadium with no crowd, that's a pretty hard thing to do. Especially yeah. with that camera angle. <laughs> what, are they, what are they doing? They're not giving her anything what to work the with. They're going from down up. I they thought it was... Down up. You know, we go yeah. down up, and the main camera up top looked like it was like on the truck bed. It was like a one and a half stories high. Right. The only reason we don't we know don't go down up is because when you accidentally turn your phone camera on front facing. <laughs> I'm bad. not saying that's the case with Jillian today, but no, Jillian she she tried to transfer the energy from the stadium with no fans to us, and that's a hard job to do. Now the other personality today, aside from Todd Clever and his man bun, was none other than Steve Knox. And this guy had a Gilgroni shirt on, and boy, was he hustling around the stadium trying to talk to everybody and their mother. I thought also, that was Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> I thought it was Skip Bayless. We had Andrew Cuomo lookalikes, we had Skip Bayless lookalikes. Jim Knox is his own personality, and I mean, he's an early RPA favorite for Sideline Reporter of the Year. Yeah. Solely from his energy. Who, whoever um, was in the in the back room, the... The editor. The editor. The, the, what do they call it? The producer. They're like, send it to screen four. They were busy today because he was on the screen. They would cut from the match can to we, him. Can we get him a comb guy? Like a comb assistant? Because <laughs> that comb over. Jeez, Louise. Also, someone carry around a sweat rag, please. Because he was... Moist. Obviously, moist. <laughs> yes, he was quite moist, and oh. he had the shaggy bang the whole game. Yeah, one out front. Well, he was running around the stadium. I mean, I, I think he set the record for interviews per game. He might have got eight or nine. Which okay, is crazy. so over under on whether or not he will have a Giuliani moment at some point in the season because he definitely dyes his hair. I mean, that guy's his face is melting off so he's old. But like... John, I think that happened already. I don't know if we can. Are you saying farting in public? No, no, no. No, his face melting. Okay, that's good. (laughs) We're going to follow Jim Knox all season. We're going to get after him because, Tommy, give the guy credit. He had energy. He had freaking energy. He He had a lot of energy. running up and down the sidelines. And we need that, right? Like We we need need a little... Spice. And yeah, things. we need something for the kids to watch. I don't show your kids that. But it <laughs> scares them. It gives them nightmares. Yeah, Steve. We're looking for <laughs> sideline personalities. We cannot wait till every home team or every market has a home game, and we can meet all the sideline reporters, and then we can power rank them all. Was Steve Knox the f- the f- human fireball that we've been waiting for <laughs> is Steve Knox the the human fireball that we ha- the human cannonball no the you, you said it before 
We were promised the human fireball. Now, in our heads, we were thinking pyrotechnics. We were thinking flammable suit. It's just Steve. It's just Steve Knox getting interviews on the sidelines. Tommy. Talk about you're the fan. He could do some serious damage in the stands. I mean, can you be a reporter and a fan? I think (laughs) they go hand in hand, right? Right. Tommy, I'm so happy the MLR happened. Fellas, I love you. I cannot wait for this season. Tonight was so much fun. Cheers. Here's to us, but here's to the MLR. Thank you. They want to hear more from Todd. And we'll get to sideline reporter Steve Knox. (laughs) Well, Todd Clever, of course. Oh, my God. Uncle John. Is the Gilgroni kind of like those little golem characters that claw their way back? Oh, beside uh, seeing all their names fall off the backs of their jerseys. Oh, my God. Huge Connor Cook guy over here. Know your role.